As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Well, hello, Emily and Scott. What's Why, up? Hello, hello. Miss Megan Huber. <laughs> How are you doing on this fine? We're going to keep it friendly because we're friends here. So uh, I have my good friends, Emily Somerset and Scott Roberts with us today on the show. They are business partners. They are life partners. I just asked them, how long have you been married? Is it 20 years? I got corrected. It's almost 27. Is it 27? Yeah, yeah. 27. Almost three decades. Yeah. Almost three decades. We're going to yeah. celebrate the big 3-0. Yeah. Yes, yes. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to have the two of you on the show together. We were just chatting before we press record that mm-hmm. so many, you know, there aren't that many married couples who are also in entrepreneurship together. Obviously, we know that they exist. Uh, you know, Sean and I are in business together as well. It's just not a topic that is talked about very frequently. It doesn't get a lot of airtime. So I'm excited to dive into some of those um, just nuances of what your journey has been like to go from not having businesses, you're married, not having businesses, then you then you start businesses. And we know that that is a whole journey. There's lots of behind the scenes, I'm using air quotes, that goes on <laughs> that often doesn't get talked about. And I know just like me, you all are, you know, you're big proponents of let's put things out there that people really want to know the truth about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to dive into that. So let's thanks for it. being here. Um, yeah. Let's yeah. start here. I'd love for you to tell our listeners who you are. Tell us about you and a little bit about your business and uh, fill us in on some of the backstory and then mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Scott and I, we met at a mountain bike race in the mountains of North Carolina in 1995. And it was pretty much love at first sight. I remember looking at him as he was talking to one of our friends at breakfast and thinking, I know him. Like, I feel like this, you know, strong connection of like you and I, this isn't our first rodeo. I've known you for, you know, millennia. (laughs) And, um, It just felt so natural to just spend time together, to get to know each other. It was just one of those things where the conversation just, it never ends. And here we are, you know, almost, you know, three decades later, we, this, the conversation is still very alive and just, we have so much fun together. (laughs) And, um, and yeah, just as a couple, just, um, just, growing up together too because I was 19 and he was 23 and it's you know I feel like he and I have lived so many different lifetimes together just in this what ultimately is a short period of time it seems long but it really isn't in the scheme of life but um it's just it's just been wonderful yeah we were just talking about that 
what, a couple days ago, we were just talking about how, I mean, it literally feels like we have lived multiple, multiple, multiple lives, like just entirely different lives. Like from yeah. the time that, you know, when we first met, we were just working nine to fives or, you know, whatever, eight to sixes, you know, whatever you want to say. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, just, you know, working standard corporate jobs and we, you know, went the normal route and just, you know, kept doing that, building our careers and, you know, bought the white picket fence house and literally, we're, you know, we're literally, <laughs> and we were Cute on track cottage. to have, you know, the two and a half kids and, you know, all that stuff. And it just, things changed, you know, we, we started evolving. We started deciding that we didn't want to live that life anymore of living in the suburbs and waiting until retirement to start living. So we, you know, just, decided to change our lives completely and 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 you know i think that's probably been one of the things that's really really helped us so much is that we've always had these deep conversations with each other like we're not afraid to get really really deep and say you know what how would you like to completely change your life and what would you like it to look like and mm -hmm. just had that conversation map it out and then start you know taking the steps to get there yeah and i love that I feel the same way about living so many lifetimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. you no, know, I I think the older we get, the more when you when you are thinking back on past memories or who you were mm -hmm. in your twenties, in your thirties. Mm -hmm. I'm almost forty. I'll be forty in June, so a couple of months. Yeah, and it's almost like every decade was its own little lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, you know, I really think you feel that way when you're on a personal development and a personal growth journey because right. you truly are. A different person, you're a different personality. And what's so cool is the two of you have gotten to witness that in yourselves, but in each other, which right. is yeah. really wild. I know yeah. it is, but yeah. it's awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the main keys to our success is just allowing each other to be human, you know, obviously understanding that they were, that we are these infinite spiritual beings. Um, but also it's like, all right, it's okay to be human. Yeah. Let's allow space for humanity and not really reacting to that person acting out whatever the fear is that they're going through in the moment, you know, the more challenging moments during life, but always seeing them for who they truly are, their true essence, and just allowing the, the humanity to, it's just like surfing a wave. <laughs> we watch surfers all the time here in Hawaii from our window. But it's just like just surfing the waves, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of the human experience. Yeah. And um, and giving, you know, your your partner in life, your lover, <laughs> the, the freedom to be able to express that. But then obviously, as you know, the more aware and more conscious we become, the less those human experiences happen. You just yeah. kind of find this beautiful flow in life where mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, there's this infinite supply of well-being, abundance of love. And that's way more exciting to, to surf those waves than it is to be like, oh, there we go. There's that, <laughs> that the subconscious mind, the paradigm, yeah. <laughs> you know, playing itself out. This is an old pattern. It's boring. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Were the two of you, have you been like this for 27 years? Is this the way you've always communicated operated and treated each other yeah. yeah you know i think it's you know it is it is definitely evolved you know when you know when we first met we were two very very different people like different from one another and different from who we are now in fact like i don't think i would even recognize who i am now back then and vice versa just so completely different and we've both 
gone on journeys apart from one another and together, and we've brought each other along. So Emily has, you know, was one of the biggest, like, honestly, just saviors for me in that she was so voracious in her desire to, to really learn so much about human consciousness, especially after, you know, for any people who've ever met us before, they kind of know the whole story of my breakdown to breakthrough moment. And when I went through that, Emily just, she knew that there was something inside me that was the real me and that all the things that were going on that was making me so miserable and hate my life and, you know, just can't deal with my job and all that sort of thing. All that was the program. And she knew that, and we knew that together, but I had no idea how to get out of that. I had no idea how to, you know, take myself out of that hole that I was in. And it it was, you know, her learning so much. And then, you know, to brag a little bit, me being open enough to actually receive it. Even <laughs> you have to be, you have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's not always the case. I mean, we've, we've met so many couples, you know, especially in the entrepreneur journey that, you know, they start out together and as one partner begins to change and grow, the other partner just doesn't want to and doesn't want to come along. And her and I have always had the understanding that for one, we're always going to communicate with each other and tell each other how we feel. And then two, like, Hey, if, you tell me something that's really important to you. I'm not going to dismiss it and say that's ridiculous. I'm going to at least listen to it and see if I can figure out if it resonates with me and figure out my own way of working through it as well. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so interesting. The role that Emily played for you, yeah. that you were just describing is very much it's flipped in my relationship with Sean. So mm-hmm. Sean was so much that person for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so interesting what you just said that, you know, you were operating in a particular way and Emily could just see like the real you inside of there. Yeah. And how long have I been with Sean? We've been married almost 13 years. We've been together. Yeah. So we've been together for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is something that Sean has said to me from the very beginning and has mm-hmm. always talked to me about as I've grown with him because he really introduced me to personal development in a very new and different way than I had known it before. Right. And that is something your statement, Scott, is something that Sean would constantly remind me of, constantly remind me of in his way, in his subtle way, never in a bashing way at all, never in a shameful way, in 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 an inviting way. So my question to you, because you and I have both really had those personal experiences where our partner sees this other version of us just in there, just ready to blossom. Mm -hmm. And I know what you're talking about when you say, you know, you have to be ready. Mm -hmm. You have to be ready. Right. Um, Can you explain? I think this is sometimes challenging to explain in like conscious human words. Yeah. Because we know how we experienced becoming ready. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's when everything literally shifted like overnight. Yeah. Uh, that was my experience and has been my experience yeah. more than one time. Yeah. Um, how does someone know when they are ready? What does that feel like? And then what are the, what are the changes or the evolution that happens on the other side of that? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, for one, the biggest part for me is that I, I had always felt inside that I didn't belong in the environment that I was raised in. So I knew deep down inside that there was something in me that just did not resonate with my environment. Like everything I was being told of like, you can't have this because we're not rich people and you'll never be like that. You can't do this. Your destiny is just to 
you know, never be happy because money's hard to come by and you just have to be miserable. That's what work is. Uh, you know, that whatever certain races are different than others and all, you know, all the things that happen growing up in the deep South and growing up to middle-class parents and being surrounded by peers that were like that all the time. I, I just, I just didn't ever resonate with it. And it always felt deep down that there was something more. And I felt very connected to energy, very connected to other people's energy. I could feel a room when I walked in and could feel the energy between other people. So I always knew deep down that there was something more, but I just didn't know how to, how to find it, how to get there. Mm -hmm. And so when this whole moment of me just like being at this breaking point in my life to where I was so unhappy with that life that kept being presented to me, I was so desperate for a change that I didn't know how to get out of it. But when Emily came to me with information, which we found through Oprah Winfrey, of all people, when she shared Eckhart Tolle with us. Yeah. And this little guy just blew my mind. But so many of the things that he was saying. <laughs> <This> little guy. <laughs> he, he is just the coolest He's, guy, right? Yeah. And and But he was saying things in a way that really triggered me and, and were really hard for me to hear. But 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 Emily presented it in a way that, like you said, you know, it wasn't like bashing me, saying that, well, everything you're doing is wrong and, you know, you know, you should be better. Like, why can't you do this? That sort of thing. It was all just, hey, are you open to hearing this? And there were little bits that I would get. So if you keep at it and you're open to that idea that maybe there's something that someone is telling me that makes sense maybe there's something that somebody knows that I don't know and I'm willing to at least listen to it. And, and maybe it's gonna, you know, kind of dig at my ego a little bit when they, you know, when they say certain things. But if I'm, if I'm just ready to say, you know what, I know what I've been doing up to this point hasn't been working. So if somebody else has a better idea, and they seem pretty happy, then maybe I should listen to them, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it was just, you know, the moment that I really became ready was when I, when I hit that bottom of just, I know what I've been doing is not working and I can't go on like this. So if there's anything out there that can make all this better, then I'm willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that's where I was at. Yeah, I yeah. think articulating it, I think that when it's more painful to remain the same, then it's time to change. Then you're going to be open. You're like, yeah. you know what? This is this is awful. I can't stand yeah. this anymore. Yeah. All right, what's next? So I think that's the tipping point of when, you know, we humans are like, okay, I've been doing this the wrong way. There has to be a better way. All right, let's, when, the, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. And so Scott was ready and... Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth found its way into my hands because I was seeing the duality of like, mm -hmm. here's this beautiful, amazing, you know, being <laughs> of light and love. And I could see that part of him, you know, and then also, okay, here is, and it's so funny because before I even really began to understand this stuff, my mind immediately saw this little marble rolling the, this this pathway through Scott's brain and it had made a really deep groove. And then obviously I find information that basically supports that, that the neural pathways, 
you know, had been firing and wiring in the same sequences over and over and over again because he kept thinking the same thoughts, which released the chemicals, you know, stress hormones into his body, which he felt for the emotion. And it was just this little cycle that he had gotten into. So it's like, all right, let's, let's see how we can, you know, break these synaptic connections, yeah. <laughs> pop that marble out of its groove and start creating new neural pathways, new ways of thinking, of being, of emoting, of feeling. Yeah. Um, that's more conducive to a healthy, happy life. <laughs> yeah. So something that we often hear, definitely you and I, Emily, as women who have been in many female-only personal or professional development programs, right. something that I've witnessed so much and we've heard, and I think it was one of you said it a few minutes ago, where the woman in the relationship has started this business. She's on this personal development journey. She's going to these events. She's learning what she's learning. She's learning about herself and she's growing and evolving. Mm -hmm. And we all know what it's like when you go off to an event or you're in a program and you come back and you feel like a different person, yet your spouse did not have that experience. And I've heard so many women ask their coaches over the years, you know, I, I want my husband to be X, Y, Z. How do I get him to uh, want to be on this path just like I am? Mm-hmm. I want him to read this book. I want him to come to this event. I want him to listen to this masterclass. And from my observation, many of the female approaches with their husband is mm-hmm. probably not going to be very effective. Mm-hmm. Right. And in, in your case, it was the female in the relationship was the one who really supported the male. And you saw what was possible for Scott all along. Yeah. Can you go into some detail and description about how would a woman approach that mm-hmm. when she sees what's possible, mm-hmm. when she knows what she's experiencing, she desires to have this mm-hmm. experience with her husband as well. And, but he doesn't know anything. Maybe he doesn't even know anything about that world. Right. Yeah. What might be some ways to approach that conversation with him? Okay. So you're each coming to the relationship, having had totally different experiences of life. And you obviously share something in common because you're together. <laughs> but you have to understand that he has his own person, just like you are your own person. And I think the fastest way to encourage someone to, you know, hop onto your little love train (laughs) (laughs) is to just set that positive example. So when he's watching you get excited and grow and learn and evolve, that can be very sexy. It can be extremely sexy. Oh, yeah. By not trying to force the personal development down his throat, <laughs> which is not sexy, by the way, yeah. That's it's the unsexy not. way. Yeah, it's not ladies. Are you listening? Ladies? That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, the, the quickest way to disempower a person is to tell them how to think and feel. And so you just need to, you just need to go do your thing. You enjoy your personal development ride and always just say, Hey, you know what? If you want to hop on, you know, let me know. I'm here to support you. I'm happy to share everything I'm learning. You know, that was one of the, the quickest lessons I had to learn with Scott when he um, was diagnosed with the bipolar two diagnosis, when he was get, becoming suicidal, was that obviously, you know, as women, I feel like it's 
it's our first response to want to to fix people, yeah. to help them. And especially when we're learning all this new, wonderful in- information, it's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I want to share this with the entire world. But not the entire world, not everybody is ready to receive this information. And so you just have to be this this loving energy of I love you. I am here for you. I'm supporting you. And obviously you want that to be reciprocal. You want that same intention and attention from your, from your partner in life, your love partner in life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just, we have to allow our men or women, depending on what type of relationship we're in to just be themselves or on their own journey. Mm-hmm. And by us being lit up about what we're doing, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to, it's magnetic. You know, people yeah. are going to want to be around you when you're happy in your joy versus, you know, blaming and, and, you know, making them feel guilty of like, why aren't you at the same level of awareness, uh, you know, that I'm, you know, at, yeah. and that just, that just repels, that makes that yeah. person feel like they're not enough. Yeah. So yeah. how can you just be okay with that? How can you say, you know what, he or she is on their own journey and that's okay. I'm on my journey. And what's most important is that I'm happy, that I am joyful. Because when I'm in that energy and that state, then the person I'm with, yeah. they're, they're going to be a match for that energy. Yeah. And if yeah. they're not, then it's okay. You let that person go off and brood and figure it out on their own. Yes, <laughs> when that's ready. exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... I know what my experience was very much what you're describing because Sean from the very beginning was, you know, saying those things to me and, you know, looking back, I understand so much more and I can now observe myself like Mm -hmm. that part of myself. I couldn't in that moment, but I could like later and I would be angry. I would be angry, pissed off. I would even think like, why are you so happy all the time? Why are you so joyful all the time? And I may not say those things to him out loud. Right. So, and I, I want to share this very transparently so that people can hear it. A lot of that was in my head. Mm-hmm. Right. Thinking just thinking all those, yeah. Thinking yeah. those things about him. And then I would go off and brood, like you said. Yeah. And, you know, my process was allowing, and, and Sean's process was with me, was giving me the time and the space no matter what it was, no matter Mm -hmm. how short or how long it was. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I would just think, huh, what if I tried that on? Mm -hmm. What if I tried this on? What Mm -hmm. if I tried that on? And I know for me, it'd be interesting to hear from you, Scott. I know one of the things I really learned um, about myself and why I felt so unhappy for so many years was because I was trying to control the narrative. I was trying to control myself. I was trying to control my environment. I was Mm -hmm. trying to control people, not from a, and and those listening, when I say the word control, it's not being a bully. Mm -hmm. It's not always outwardly controlling. It's internally trying to control everything. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, you know, Sean would always say, I can't, I can't want it more for you than you want it for yourself. And I can't help you if you don't want to be helped. Mm -hmm. I'm here whenever you're ready. And I had to get to a place of brutal honesty with myself, Mm -hmm. brutal honesty. Mm -hmm. And when I allowed myself to drop into brutal honesty, it was like, it was like the flower opened up and blossomed. Mm -hmm. And like, there was the pathway. 
Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, it's well, it's funny because you bring up the control thing, and and that for me was a huge, huge part of the anger that I felt all the time. Like I felt that one of my favorite sayings, and I'll leave out the explicatives here, but but that you were effed by the flying fickle finger of fate, right? Like that was my saying. I'm like, things are always going wrong. Things are always happening to me. It's not my fault. It's, it's, it's the world at large that is out to get me. And it's all the stuff that happened in my life. Everybody else caused everything because I wasn't taking any responsibility for myself. Everything was just, this happened to me. And the way that Emily and I met was because the universe delivered a series of circumstances right into my lap based on my desires. But the way I saw it was that, well, it rained. And so I ended up having to get a ride home, right? But I wanted to meet her. Like I, I knew who she was and I was semi stalking her at the mountain bike race, <laughs> really liked her, thought she was super cool. And she was like a crazy crusher on a mountain bike. So she was super fast. And so I really wanted to meet her, but you know, I wasn't just going to walk up to a random person at a mountain bike race and be like, Hey baby, you want to go out? <laughs> so I stalked her from a distance in the woods, you know, but, but, but sure enough, you know, a, a set of circumstances happened and I ended up needing a ride back home and I was you know, scared to ask her, but I did. And she checked around, made, you know, made sure I wasn't some sort of serial killer that was stalking in the <laughs> woods. And, and then she gave me a ride home. But, you know, at that, at that time I was so in the, like having to control things that, you know, I didn't see until later on when I look back on that, I didn't see how I had manifested that. Like I had manifested it being a really miserable, rainy, muddy weekend so that I could end up meeting her. At the time, it was just like, oh, the weather sucks. <laughs> but, but so that's, that was part of the journey of like learning to let go of that feeling of like, I have to control everything and everything is external. Once I realized that I'm the one who's creating everything in my life, then that's when things got much more interesting and much easier. But going back to your point about like, you know, one spouse being on the journey and the other, like maybe not being ready, I can speak from the spouse that was the one who was not quite ready yet. And she was the one that, you know, was really, really growing and learning so much. And I think that works, whether it's male, female, whatever, you know, whatever kind of dynamic you have in your relationship. If you are the person who's, whose spouse is growing and evolving and all that, and you see them starting to become a different person, you have to ask yourself, are they important enough to me? And is our relationship important enough to me that I'm willing to let them do whatever they need to do to be the best version of themselves? And the, the most selfless thing you can do in a relationship is to be the best version of yourself and to be really selfish. Yeah. To really look at yourself and think, how can I be happy? How can I be the best version of me? Because when you do that, the person that's with you, if they really love you and if they're really committed to their relationship, then they're going to want to come along on that journey. And if For they sure. don't, then that's when you need to have the conversation. Like, do you want to be with me in this journey? Do you want to come with me on this journey? Can we, you know, do this together? Yeah. So obviously you guys made it. I know. Seven years. So uh, let's fast forward from you had this, you had your job, you guys had, you know, your jobs, corporate jobs, you hadn't started a business. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a bit. 
I would love to hear your story of, you know, around how did your businesses start? Did you each, did Emily start first? Did you have your own businesses? Like, how did you navigate that? Because now you are doing things together. Yeah. What's that story? We really always have done things together. Our very first business um, was Love Mat Yoga, Yoga Mats, um, all natural rubber, sustainable, yeah. renewable resource. Do you have that? Do you still have that business? We do, yeah, it's but it's been on the back burner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, a business that we know it would definitely explode if we invested more resources into it. But um, so over pillow talk one evening, <laughs> Scott and I were just talking about how, you know, we were meant to be, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners. And we were asking ourselves, what are we really great at? And what we decided was that we're just really good at loving and just taking care of other people and making people feel seen and heard and accepted. And we kind of joked, why can't we become professional lovers? And so um, at the time, Scott was going through a yoga teacher training and it was really transforming his life. And it was part of his healing journey after he had his, you know, his breakdown to breakthrough moment. And um, we thought, well, we need to do something with yoga because yoga really connects us to our, our higher, you know, level of con- higher level of consciousness. And it gets us into our bodies, out of our heads. And it's just, it's wonderful. It's such a wonderful tool for um, living an empowered life. And so I thought, why not create a yoga mat where when people are practicing, they're always reminded of love. And so we came up with, you know, our own, you know, mantra of live, love, love life. When you're living love, then you absolutely are in love with your life. And so Love Mat Yoga was born. And um, from there, um, very quickly, I started having, you know, I was actually more of the marketing communications person. My previous job, I spent about 15 years um, writing graphic design, events planning, PR, like all of that. <laughs> and um, I started having all these yoga teachers start to come to me and ask me, Emily, I want to start my own business. Can you help me? And at the time, I was trying to get our yoga mat company off the ground. And I said, I'd love to, but this is all consuming. Let me send you to other people. And then after, you know, the 10th person coming to me, I'm like, all right, universe, I get this. This is how I can be of service to other people. I can teach them everything that I know about business because I I was primarily working for nonprofits and anyone who's worked in a nonprofit, they'll know that you have to wear pretty much every hat. Like you are, you're basically an entrepreneur when you're working for a nonprofit. And so I felt like that really prepared me to understand business and obviously marketing, as you know, one of the key pieces, you know, if people don't know you exist, then (laughs) you don't have a business. (laughs) You don't know how to sell, you don't have a business. And so um, I took on my very first client and, um, you know, she paid me $5,000, which, you know, was great because, you know, I had to sell a lot more yoga mats to create a sustainable income to, you know, keep our, our lifestyle going. And so it was from there that I realized that, you know, um, you know, obviously I wanted to keep Love Mat alive because we really believed in spreading a message of love, raising the collective consciousness. But I knew that slinging yoga mats wasn't the best use of my gifts and talents and skill set. So I started bringing on um, coaching clients. And at first, you know, it was more of the, the business aspect of it. But I quickly realized that these women were just scared to death to put themselves out there to be visible 
you know, everything that comes with business, I quickly learned without Tony Robbins telling me the 20 to 80%, you know, <laughs> 20% strategy, you know, 80% psychology. I quickly learned that I'm like, wow, these women, we really need to, to help them um, become more confident in themselves or abilities. Um, yeah. And so it just very quickly, I very quickly realized that since I was a child, people had come to me for advice, for counsel. And it was usually mental, emotional, spiritual counsel. And so I was like, all right. So obviously I meant to, to be able to help people in this way. And so very quickly it evolved more into the life coaching piece. Still, you know, I definitely know the ins and outs of business. I've been studying it for over a decade now and have been, in, you know, applying it. So I know what works, what doesn't work. But still it was just like, okay, we need to begin to heal whatever kind of trauma you know from the past that is still playing out in their present day moment and so fast forward to you know maybe eight years two years ago um, i began um, to practice rapid transformational therapy um, which allows me to dialogue with my client's subconscious mind um, we go in, and I know you're familiar with hypnotherapy. We use hypnosis to kind of slow those brain waves down, um, get access to the subconscious, go in, figure out the root causes of the issue. We go back to several moments where basically we were, we came up, we concluded that we were not enough in some way, and then we you know, disrupt it. We, we use, I use all sorts of techniques to intervene and then we reframe and then we reprogram the subconscious. Pulling out the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> the subconscious is the body mind and it's the controlling intelligence in our body. You know, our guts, <laughs> they've got, we've got little neurons down there. Mm-hmm. And so every time you think a thought, whether it's a, 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 a thought rooted in love or a thought rooted in fear, we're sending these neurochemicals down through our body. And obviously we can become addicted to those. Obviously be better to get addicted to the feel good hormones versus the stress hormones. But um, so it's been very powerful work to be able to support people in this way, because it's like, you know, if, if you're building a, a new building or a life, a new life or a business, on a sand trap, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to be no. sustainable. It's going to crumble. It's going to fall. And so the work that Scott and I really are passionate about doing is, all right, let's create a very strong foundation. Let's go ahead and take care of these, you know, unhealed traumas that are under the surface. And it doesn't have to be the typical, you know, version of trauma that we think of. It could be something as subtle as, you know, um, one of my clients, when she was a child, five years old, her neighbors thought she had stole um, a $20 bill, and she didn't. And she got blamed for that, and that was affecting her ability to create an, you know, an income in her business. Yeah. And so it could be something so subtle in her subconscious. It catalogs everything. It stores every single moment in her life. And the higher the emotional, you know, charge behind a moment the the it becomes a memory and we store that in our bodies trauma lives in the body and so it's important to be able to move that energy that trauma um, out of the body release it and so that you can start to create a new 
life. Yeah. And we also love to use meditation yeah. um, as a way to begin to create a new reality for ourselves. To anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, to you know, to answer your question about how we both work together, and so you know, Emily and I have always just kind of found ways that we could use our strengths. You know, we read so many things about you know working on your weaknesses or working on your strengths. You know, whatever. And basically, what it comes down to us is that we each have our own unique way of doing things, and when we figure out how those two things together can make our lives better, make our clients' lives better. That's when we get more powerful and that's when we mm-hmm. have the best success. So, you know, everything that we've done has started out kind of maybe one person had an idea and then the other person figured out, oh, well, that sounds great. How can I, mm-hmm. how can I be a part of that? How can I contribute to that? And then you get to a place to where like, you know, when Emily started getting more into coaching, then I took over more of the operational stuff for the yoga mat company. So I'm doing more of like community outreach. I'm doing sales. I'm, you know, connecting with studios and getting the product there, figuring out how they can market it at their place, that sort of thing. So then she's able to do more of the coaching. And then when she started doing more of the coaching, then I could help with more of the operational stuff with the business and all that. So we just kind of figure out how we can work together to help each other grow and to make the business bigger and and then how can we be part of it together but you know the you know the coaching and the rtt is more emily and then i do more of the meditation and then connecting with people to like do podcast interviews and that sort of thing so yeah by the way listeners you need to listen to megan's interview on our podcast she's heavily meditated yeah that was a while ago I, I know. know. We yeah. need to have you on again. Yeah, yeah, we, like, update. we need to update that. <laughs> okay. I, I have a, I have a question mm. that I think a lot of people have as well. So I'm asking on behalf of all those folks who want more clarity around the difference between being and doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We hear that a lot in the personal development space. Right. And I've had, you know, I've heard conversation from um, people who are wired or they have operated in a particular way mm-hmm. and they want to know how, how do I be, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. do I do the mm-hmm. being? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to kind of ramble here for a minute. So no, stay with me. You're in good <laughs> We're following you. Yeah. So here's part of my question. How do I want to phrase it? Okay. I'll just share an example. So, you know, I see a lot of folks who get almost addicted to personal development and mindset work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, they're constantly just doing that, Mm -hmm. but their business isn't going anywhere. Yeah. They're not doing. Okay. (laughs) But they literally have like a four hour morning routine Mm -hmm. that incorporates many tools, Mm -hmm. many that they have been taught. Maybe they are certified in Mm -hmm. coach taught them. Maybe they've been doing it for 10 years. Maybe they went to a retreat and figured it out. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, that seems like a lot of doing. I am doing and forcing this change that I would like to have in my life so that I can get what I desire. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they're turning the personal development and the being work. They're just taking the doing in the business or the overachievement or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're just like moving it into the personal development, self-awareness, self-actualization category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it's not working. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So for the people who don't get it, <laughs> Emily and Scott, 
Or they're like, why is it not working? Why is it not working? I've been working on my mindset for so long. You know, Um, I've been like, every time I have a thought that I don't like, I'm changing it. You know, it's just, it's back to the more doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a, well, and it's a form. What do you have to say? I mean, that's a, you know, permanent education is a form of stalling. You know, it's, you know, it's a way of being busy working on yourself so that if, if I'm always working on myself, if I spend eight hours a day meditating, learning, reading, watching, listening, if I'm doing that all the time, then I'm really working. I'm really yeah. doing, but mm-hmm. you're not, you're just staying in your safety and your comfort mm-hmm. zone so that yeah. you don't have to get out there and do the stuff that you already know you need to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, our subconscious, it loves what is familiar and it hates, despises what's unfamiliar. And so you've made it very familiar, you know, you're staying within that comfort zone of moving away from pain, staying in that state of pleasure, because you do get this this high off of constantly learning new things about yourself. And, you know, you, you're having this inner evolution. In the meantime, you know, the outer world, <laughs> you're not, you're not you. quite, you know, seeing the results. And, um, you know, when we're wanting to, to manifest something, you know, bring something from in here out there, you know, the more that we're thinking about, and I'll use money as a really good example, the more we're thinking about how do I make more money? You know, what am I, you know, what do I need to do next to make more money? You're really focusing your energy and your vibration on there's not enough money. I don't have money. And so it's like, you know, the, (laughs) it's just, it's just stopping you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when your question is, how do I make more money? That's not an uplifting, that's not an actionable question to ask yourself, right? You know, you want to change the narrative on that question to more like, what do I need to do to draw more money into my life based on what I already know? Like, how, what do I feel really excited about sharing with somebody? And if you're always putting yourself out there, like sharing what you know because you're excited about it, then all that will begin to take care of itself. You still have to take steps. You still have to do action. You can't just sit in a cave forever and manifest money flying into the cave. You know, you have to get out of there. But at the same time, you know, you don't need to work 60 hours a week trying to do action because you're afraid you'll never get there. That's the worst kind of action, right? Fear-based action, because that'll just, it'll also stop. The, the floodgates from opening. Yeah. How, okay. How does someone know? I love this topic and I, mm-hmm. I love that you brought up money because mm-hmm. I think that's super common in the entrepreneurial oh, yeah. space, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's what is dominant in people's minds. Mm-hmm. How do I make more money? This is what's in my bank account. I didn't make, I, I haven't made a sale in two months, mm-hmm. you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay with this topic on money. Mm-hmm. So, if it's not, you know, how do I go make more money? How do I double my revenue this month? If it's not those thoughts, then how does someone get into that state where they're still taking action? Like mm-hmm. you just said, Scott, you can't go hide in a cave and just like manifest it. Something yeah. has to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really challenging concept, what we're discussing here for 
the high achievers, the overachievers, the ones that have the conditioning. I mean, I have certainly been in that place. I was in that place for, for years mm-hmm. where it was just like a tape playing over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over in my head. And you almost get to a point where you feel like you are going crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So what's the flip side of that? So um, what works really well for me is that, yes, we need that time to be silent. We need to slow those brain waves down, open our, you know, cells up to the infinite intelligence <laughs> because, you know, everything is just information being communicated back and forth. And asking the questions of, you know, how can I be of service right now in this moment? What do the people that I'm here to serve, what do they need most in this moment? And just being still listening for the answer and then taking action of, okay, well, I need to put together this hypnotherapy meditation, record this hypnotherapy meditation, or I need to write this, this message in you know either written form or on audio or video. And I also need to have a call to action, a container to receive these people. And, and you can, it's just, if we're quiet enough to hear the, the guidance, the divine guidance, whatever you want to call it, and then you act immediately on that divine guidance, then it, it'll just, you'll start to make the money. Like for, I'll give you my personal example. I, I recently spoke with a childhood friend and I, I recognize, I'm like, wow, I've always been really good at giving people counsel. You know what I was talking about before, this mental, emotional, spiritual counsel. Okay, wonderful. I know that this is just a natural gift. It's my purpose. It's what I'm here to do. I'm great at it. Perfect. Okay, who do I feel called to reach out to to see if they are open to receiving this type of counsel? And immediately, because I was quiet, I heard a very clear name and names of people who I've seen them facing challenges, and I know that I can help them. And so I emailed them, I private messaged them, and I had appointments set up, and they're interested in working with me. And I have a container that I can put them into, and I charge a very high rate, because <laughs> I'm, I'm a pro at this stuff at this point. <laughs> and I also value them and I value myself and the work we're doing. And so that's just a perfect example of how you don't have to follow all the rules. Yes, there are so many wonderful strategies that you can employ. And you just have to find the ones that work the best for you in the moment. Because I've used all sorts, you know, I've done launches, I've done the five-day challenges, you know, all of that. And the, yes, I, I get, when I believe that those work, and they're joyful for me. I enjoy them. They work. I get new clients. You know, I receive, create new clients. And there are always people that are just freaking amazing rock stars, <laughs> amazing human beings and spiritual beings. But I think that, um, again, going back to the subconscious loves what's familiar. It doesn't like what's unfamiliar. You have to switch that. Yeah. You have to start doing, thinking, feeling, acting in ways that are unfamiliar make those familiar and it can be scary because of course you know our little primitive minds they're designed to move us away from pain and move us towards pleasure so then you need to start to dialogue with your subconscious mind and say you know what i'm choosing to do this 
doing this means that I get to create more freedom in whatever area of life that you're wanting to, you know, whether it's in relationships, whether it's your health, whether it's the finances. And so how can you start to make it a good thing, a positive thing by, again, it's that inner dialogue Mm -hmm. and learning how to communicate with yourself, to praise yourself versus criticize yourself and learning how to redirect your thoughts and the emotions from worst case scenario to, oh my God, this would be just the most amazing experience. It takes practice, it takes repetition. Mm-hmm. When we're children, our subconscious mind's open, all that information drops in, whether it's true or not, whether it's helpful or harmful, and then our subconscious mind gets sealed up in those beliefs Um, ways of thinking being are under the surface subconscious under our conscious awareness and as adults we have to use yes we can use you know theta music and meditation to slow the brain waves down and gain access to the subconscious but we also have to use repetition and i think that if we approach it in a way that it's it makes it easy to begin to redirect those thoughts and emotions and rewire fire those neural pathways like hey it's just like learning a new language you don't go oh my god it's going to be impossible to do you know to learn a new language or to you know learning a new recipe or learning how to ski or ride a bike or anything new that is outside of ourselves you don't go oh my god this is going to be like a i mean some of us may but then that's just you know a paradigm we need to you know that's a you know we've been taught that everything's going to be challenging or maybe we had a traumatic experience during childhood where you know we were a disaster on a bicycle (laughs) and there was trauma that was formed (laughs) during that time but if we approach of like this can be easy effortless and fun you know those are the words we always tell our clients like how can you make this easy effortless and fun we we take you know we take it off the pedestal You know, this is something that is like, oh, my God, you know, something that's impossible and saying, how can I just make this easy, effortless and fun? How can I take the the negative charge out of this and just see it as it is? You know, we we create so much, you know, dis-ease and resistance with our thoughts alone. So it's like, okay, this is interesting. I've seen this in a way that's very challenging. How can I view it differently? How can I shift my perspective? And how can I make it, how can I think of it in a way that is just, ah, just easy? Yeah, well, and, you know, going back to the point Emily made about the foundation, you know, we've talked about this before so many times that, that, you know, the thing that happens with people that are in this stuck place of how do I make, you know, double my income? How do I bring in more clients? How do I reach the level that I want to? Well, part of that question is starting with the basis of, do I feel worthy to receive that? So that's one of the questions. And so often that answer is no, you know, that's, that's really the root of so much of it is that people just don't feel worthy to receive that. So no matter what they do in the external world, they have that belief, that subconscious belief that's saying that, well, it's going to be impossible, but if it does happen, then it's going to be a fluke and you won't be able to keep going. Or once you get there, things are going to happen and, you know, it's not going to last. And that's that subconscious belief that you have that you're not enough or you don't deserve it. So you have to start there with that. And, you know, yeah. obviously that's 
so much of the work that Emily does with RTT is like yeah. pulling out that subconscious program that you had that was put in there when you were a kid. I mean, yeah. thinking that the majority of everything that we do in our lives is based on the between the ages of preconception to seven years old. And that's how we're operating our entire lives unless we know to go yeah. back and change it. So, yeah. yeah, that's so much of it. Yeah. One of the core underlying beliefs that stops us is that we believe that something is not available to us. Yeah. You know, and, and again, we learned that earlier on, you know, like especially if you grow up in a, a family where, um, you know, your parents are struggling to make ends meet, then money's not available to me. Or if you grow up in a family where your parents don't show you love and affection, love isn't available to me. If you grow, in a, grow up in a family where they're obese and um, struggle with their health, then health's not available to me. You know, it's this underlying belief that what I want is not available to me. It may not have been available to you when you were a child, yeah. but it doesn't mean that it can't be available to you now. You know, this this phone was not available to you and I, <laughs> and Scott, <laughs> when we were children. I had a rotary <laughs> dial at one point. For oh, yeah. The phone on the wall. Yeah, yeah. with a long cord. <laughs> a long cord. Yeah. But, um, and then, you know, it's not available to me. I'm not enough. Or I'm different in some way. Mm -hmm. I'm not like anyone else. I'm different. Yeah, right. And so those are some of the core beliefs that run the show, again, subconscious, under our conscious awareness. Yeah. And so we just have to call them what they are. They're all lies. Yeah. <laughs> They're not true. Yeah. They're just paradigms, programs. And it's time for us all who are on this podcast and listening to continue to shine the light on the truth yeah that we live in an infinite abundant universe you know there's not one blade of grass there's infinite numbers of blades of grass on this yeah. planet you know the grass isn't like nope can only grow one blade <laughs> no too many blades of grass i know over here. I probably yeah. it's not here. available for me to flourish yeah. no you know you look at a tree on the side of a hill and it's being eroded. The tree's like, no way, man. I'm putting roots deeper yeah. into this side of the hill, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you know flourish yeah. and thrive regardless of what the exterior conditions, circumstances, you know, throw at me. We have to be available for that too. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, I think it has to be like the suffering to remain the same has to be great enough. Yeah. That you've got nowhere else to go. Like you're backed into a corner. And so it's like, okay, no more, no more. Yeah. Okay. So what's, you know, again, when you're ready, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm. that teacher is Megan and Sean, <laughs> whether that teacher is, yeah, there are so many wonderful people out there that have already you know, traveled the journey that you're about to embark on. And yeah. so I know the right people, you'll find the right people to support you on your journey. Yeah, and I, th I think it's like new and different people and experiences mm -hmm. and books, like you were saying, that yeah. was the power yeah. of now, that book. Yeah. You know, it's like each person or thing, it's like a little drop, another little drop, another mm -hmm. little drop, and it, you know, it all adds up. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if anyone is listening and they're at that point where they're like, enough is enough, <laughs> then just sit in silence or just get out of your normal condition environment. And I, I promise you, if you're ready, 
the resources will begin to find their way to you, whether you know it's a person or if it's you know a new home, if you need to get out of your current home or out of a relationship, or it's all available. Yeah. Or so whether it's be, flying to Hawaii and having us buy you a Mai Tai or an acai bowl, you know, whatever yeah. we're into. <laughs> Go see Emily and Scott in Hawaii. Do you, you guys do in-person in person work in Hawaii? Some? We do, yeah, yeah. 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 Our um, ultimate Talk outlet. about Share that a little bit. I know. Yeah. Hear about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we do VIP days here. Yeah. And um, we start out with um, Scott teaches a yoga class and meditation on the beach. We're, um, we invite people to our home. And um, we, the beach is a block and a half from our house, so we can just walk right on over. Um, throw out a, a towel or if you want to practice in the sand you can do that mm-hmm. we do it early morning so you can witness the beautiful sunrise that we have here mm-hmm. and then um, after that we feed you a healthy delicious smoothie in our kitchen <laughs> and then uh, we have a, an amazing um, space here in our building where um, we have a huge dining area where we spread out on a table and um, we, we just spend some time working through your greatest blocks and helping you move forward and um, just kind of coming up with a game plan to, to impl- you know, that you can implement that's doable, yeah. that works for you. And um, we provide lunch. We end with a champagne toast. Or if you prefer, you know, something non-alcoholic, we'll do that as well. And, um, and we just have fun. And we take you to one of our favorite private beaches. Um, usually people, you know, will stay through the weekend and... Yeah, it's just a great time. And um, we also put you up in one of our guest suites, which is awesome. That way you just, you know, you can arrive, unpack, kind of get grounded in this new wonderful energy of Hawaii. And then, you know, we're all close together. So there's no traveling involved so that we can just kind of meet in the morning and have a wonderful day together. Now, is that, do, can people work with you in that way if they have never done any work with you prior to that? Or do they need to do something yeah. first? Yeah, do you, yeah, yeah that was years and, yeah, years yeah. and years ago, we actually did um, yoga retreats. And so we got pretty good at putting that type of thing together. And mm-hmm. so we do, we do the VIP days as a standalone thing that somebody can just do a one day, you know, VIP day with us, but it's something that's included, you know, in our um, coaching program that we do the oh, ultimate cool. level. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. something that they just get included with it. If they work with us in coaching, oh, but yeah, if they would just, just want to do a VIP day, we do that as well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Where do you guys hang out? Where's the best place for people to connect with you? Follow? follow you, listen to you. Yeah. yeah, well they can they can always find us on, you know, the podcast, of course. That's our that's our way of like giving as much free information and resources mm-hmm. to people as possible. So it's just the heavily meditated podcast. Dot com. Um, dot com. Such a good name. Who which one of you Yeah, and it was all you know, it was all a play on the words that yeah. obviously when I went through my whole you know, breakdown, breakthrough moment. I was heavily medicated on all sorts of stuff yeah, when I was in therapy and made mm. me terribly sick. I'm not going to say anything bad about, you know, the the psychotherapy profession or medication. It helps a lot of people. But for me, it was terrible and it didn't work. And so when I was able to get off that, then that was the that was the thing. Rather than being heavily medicated, why don't we be heavily meditated? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was something that yeah. Emily's really good at coming up with good names like that. So. <laughs> 
there's that. And on there, they can listen to Emily's hypnotherapy meditations that she provides for free on there. I mean, so many people charge, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of money for those, but she gives away tons yeah. of those for free. So that's yeah. great. And those are great for if you do want to reprogram your mind. I use a hypnotic induction and then we also use the... Um, you know, the binaural beats to kind of slow your brainwaves down. So you're very open to all the wonderful, beautiful suggestions that I want to put in there and variety of topics. Yeah. We've got, I don't know, 40, 50 of them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then, um, yeah, her, her website. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've got my, you know, rapid transformational therapy. If you're interested in that, it's just emilyrosesomerset.com. Um, you can go over there and, um, yeah, I'm happy to talk to you more about that. And um, I'm in the business of freeing people, make, helping them make peace with peace with their past. You know, re- just release, transcend that trauma that's been hanging out in your body, and um, help you begin to to think and feel in new ways, so that you can create a new reality for yourself. Yeah. You definitely so, need more people who feel that way in the world. I know. Amen. I know. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, thank you both so much. This was so delightful. We could keep okay. going. Thank you. I know. <laughs> we could keep going. We're going to have to have like part two, three, four, and five. Yeah. yeah. So and really quickly to summarize for our couples out there, our secret is, we always tell this to everyone, unconditional love, respect, respect, and trust. Yes. Unconditional yeah. love, respect, and trust. Just respecting one another and our experience and our own unique perspectives and just trusting each other and just, you know, knowing that we have each other's backs and that our, our best intentions are rooted in love, yeah. you know, and then, yeah, unconditional love. All three of those could be applied. You could apply all yeah. three of those to the self <laughs> right too. This That's is right. a great one for the self. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. And it starts with the self. Yes, it does. It mm-hmm. does. Awesome. Thank you both. All that Thank information you. is in the show notes below. So people can go check out your work. Thank you so much for being here. And thank, thank you for the work you do in the world too. Thank, Thank you. you. Ditto. Yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. Bye. We love you next time. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into the built to last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.